The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Audrey Salison, Full Court Press, hour number two, 501, your kickoff time. Thanks for joining us this Friday evening, however and wherever you are doing so. 106 on FM, 1390 AM, and 106onthefan.com. We're going to have some fun programs on this station over the next couple of days, starting tonight. Yeah, my goodness. Great high school football game. Oh, boy. Rivalry game. Next week's even gets better, by the way. Uh, We got college football tomorrow. It'll be here. And, of course, we have the game. Some power conference teams will be facing each other. We'll have the game of the week on Sunday, without a doubt. Tom Brady and the Bucks oh. head to Louisiana in the Superdome to face on Drew Brees and the Saints. No question. That will be a dandy. There's a lot of talk about which game, which way that game's going to go. Right now, by the way, uh, the Saints, I believe, and you mentioned this yesterday, Saints are favored by three? Uh, yes, I think that's correct. Which is correct. nuts to me. Absolutely bonkers to me that they're favored by three. Why? They're a more established team. Okay. There's unknowns on how this Tampa team is going to look. Tom and, Bra- and it's in Louisiana. Tom Brady's on that team. That's all you need to know. And by the way, Tom Brady won an Arrowhead Stadium. So, yeah. Uh, Really quickly, before we get to uh, college and NFL and high school football, which we will throughout the hour, and if you want to participate in our show, you can text in at 435 435- Three three nine zero three two one. Uh, message message data rates apply per contract of your service, or you can call in at four three five seven five two one zero six nine. Did you see all these classic football games that the Aggies are going to air on Facebook? Uh, do Do you care? I um, I saw the message. I don't really care. Don't really care. Okay, I mean, I just look at like the forty eight forty one win over nineteen Louisiana Tech in twelve. That was a great game. I remember Aggies were up like... Top 25 team. Yeah, but weren't the Aggies up like 21 or something like that and then blew the lead? And then Louisiana took the lead? And then the Aggies had to come back? Uh, I remember being really frustrated with uh, Dave... What's his name? Offensive coordinator. Aranda? No, no. He was the defensive coordinator. Uh, Oh, Dave Baldwin. Uh, Dave Baldwin, yeah. That... They sprinted out to a huge yeah. lead and then just yeah blew it. Uh, they yeah. also have the uh, classic in Hawaii, thirty-five thirty-one win at Hawaii. That was in eleven. They'll have the sixty-three nineteen win over Wyoming in eleven. Uh, they'll have the Utah overtime win, twenty-seven twenty. I remember I was actually here at the studio with you when that happened. Watch, uh, I was able to see you guys in action doing what you were doing. It was cool. Uh, they went over Air Force in thirteen fifty-two to twenty. The 35-20 win over number 18 BYU in 14. The shellacking of Boise State in 15. And then New Me- the wins over New Mexico, Colorado State, and the controversial one. Last year's San Diego State and Fresno State wins as well. So those will be on throughout the uh, throughout the football season. Uh, you'll be able to see those, which is pretty cool. I, I mean, I, I don't remember seeing the win of Hawaii, to be honest with you, in 11. I don't remember that game. Oh, that second half was incredible. Because weren't they down by like 21 or something again? Or Yeah, Chucky Keaton gets hurt. He's taken off Kennedy. the field. It's like, oh my gosh. You know, this is this just isn't working. You know, this Aggie team's not going to be able to figure it out. And then the way they rallied and Adam Kennedy was making throws. Uh, Hawaii was making a lot of bad decisions. Uh, I remember after that game, there were 
a lot of people talking, wondering if if Hawaii purposely threw that game. Why would what? Yeah, I there was this. there were some speculation about um, that there was maybe some uh, throwing games that were going on, and then that just kind of illustrated it. Wait, why would they throw a game though? I never heard this. Yeah, it was weird, and, and remember we. I can the following week when we were in our coaches' meetings, I kind of brought it up. Like, do you guys believe this? And they're like, "Come on!" I mean, and they like Baldwin and now I can't remember who the D coordinator was at the time. Uh, both of them, they like listed this whole bunch of things. Like, could you throw it a game if this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened to this? I mean, these were these were all incidental things that you couldn't purposely throw a game the way they were working out. But there in Hawaii, there was some talk that how could you be up like that and, and and lose the game? And I guess there were some other things that had happened during the the season that were leading people to be a little bit suspicious about some play calling that was I going on. I never heard of that in my life. Yeah, it was weird, man. <laughs> so funny. Uh, really quickly, Clippers right now lead the Nuggets 15-12 with five and a half left in the first quarter. That is game five of this seven-game series, and uh, Clippers are going to lead the series three games to one. Game seven, Celtics-Raptors tonight. Uh, that'll be at 7 o'clock on TNT. Uh, all right, Eric, so should we start in the – let's go with the football college ranks. Then we'll go to the NFL and we'll close it out with high school football preview and say goodnight. And then, again, you'll have John Newbold and Rex Davis on this – No, you won't. It's Craig Hislop. It'll be Craig Hislop and uh, John Russell. They'll be calling the game. They've been instructed to call it straight. Well, okay, but see, you can do that with Craig. Craig is about as bland and as charming. <laughs> Wait, bland and charming. I don't know if that goes hand in hand, but what in the name is she do? Okay, anyways, uh, but yeah. yes, he he'll call a pretty straight game. I love Newbold, but man, some, it, it's tough. Some of our announcers for high school games have a hard time <laughs> pulling their homerism out. And that's okay. I mean, that's high school football. That's what makes it great. <laughs> so, so, hey, by the way, I did tell you this two years ago when I was calling Mason Faults live uh, the, in the Skyview Bobcats. They were at Bear River in a, I mean, a big, big, big game, right? Uh, and I, I'm calling it for Bear River because Bear River is not, you know, there's no summer broadcast with it. So I'm favoring Bear River and I'm talking about this, but then I go off because, like, Mason Faults goes on this run by himself of like 11 0. Like, this game was a three-point game, and then Mason Falsliff hits, like, two threes. Oh, you're talking basketball game. Yeah, basketball. I'm sorry. Basketball game. It, like, goes on an 11 or 12-hole run by himself. And I'm like, is this not the best player in 4A? Dude, I got lit up by Bear River fans everywhere about it. I mean, they were livid with me that I would say such a thing. How dare me speak of Mason Falsliff like that? <laughs> it was nuts. It's so hard to be an announcer sometimes. God bless them all. I got to remember they're just kids. Honestly, they're just kids. <laughs> well, I'm just a kid. Y'all give me a break. <laughs> Good heck. Uh, Eric, not a lot of intriguing or sexy matchups for the opening weekend of college football. This is Cupcake Weekend, which usually takes place on week three or four because teams get ready for conference, SEC, Big 12, Big 10, yada, yada, and so on and so forth. Uh, is When I look at the schedule, number one, Clemson's at Wake Forest. Duke is at number 10, Notre Dame. Syracuse is at number 18, North Carolina, while Louisiana is at number 23, Iowa State. Is there any matchups that maybe say, hey, I smell it upset? Or are we asking too much here? Uh, uh, <laughs> that may be asking a bit too much. But what we don't know is who 
who out there is like Navy? Who out there is taking precautions and mm. has limited full contact and not gone as hard in their preparations? And who out there is like BYU, who's been full bore for the last six weeks? You know, they've been they've been going and they've been gunning and getting ready for the start of their season. And on paper, it looks like it should be an interesting matchup. But when it all plays out, one team's clearly not ready. Doesn't mean that they were a worse team. They just weren't ready. They weren't prepared. I think that teams will have seen what happened to Navy. They will have heard Ken Nui Matololo's comments about not being prepared, mm. not doing hitting drills, and how bad it, it, it turned out. And I think they'll, this past week, they'll probably be a little more dialed in after seeing how ugly and embarrassing that was Which for Navy. Which really was ugly and embarrassing. So I, I don't know that we'll see that again this week, but you never know. It's hard to know. In for the first games for a lot of these teams, uh, are there any upsets out there? I don't know. I mean, there's some pretty big spreads uh, out there. I don't know that there's a matchup that's a, an upset. There may be a, a game or two that could be closer, but eh, I, I think it's going to be a, a pretty bland weekend because I think there's going to be a lot of blowouts. Uh, John Russell texting. Good point, Eric, but I firmly believe without all the prep time, better teams will always win. No upsets this weekend. Yeah. I, better teams always win. I mean, well, with... Yeah, but if you didn't do any hitting drills since last December... Yeah, it's going to feel different, right? uh, When you get a 250-pound guy running over you. Hey, really quickly, can we... I'm going to do this dance just because I can, and I want to. Matt Wells, second year at Texas Tech. Uh, how do you think they finish? They they have a, a little cupcake this weekend, uh, but next week they get to host Texas Longhorns, ranked 14th in the country right now. Does uh, I don't know if qualifying for a bowl is possible because we don't know what the bowl schedule is going to look like. Well, but- so here's, the, here's Tech's schedule. So they got, who was that, Houston Baptist? This yeah. weekend. Yep. Next week, it's the Longhorns, as you mentioned, one thirty on Fox. Um, then at Kansas State, win. I don't think they're going to beat Texas. But I think they'll be 2-1 and one when they face Iowa State, who's a top 25 team. Yeah. Could be an interesting matchup yeah, and there. And the thing with Iowa State is they never show up for the games that they're supposed to, but when it comes to like the big-time games, when they got a, a big-time team coming into their house or they're going to somebody's house, they just they play so well. I don't get it. They've done it to Oklahoma. They've done it to OK State. They've done it to Texas. They just the, <laughs> Iowa State is always an enigma to me. Yeah. Somehow they always seem to be ranked, and somehow they always seem to fall short of expectations. <laughs> uh, then it's West Virginia. Hmm. West Virginia puts up points. The game will in a be flurry. in Lubbock. Oh, it is in Lubbock. Huh? So maybe go with Tech on that one. Uh, then they they host Oklahoma. Probably take the Sooners on that one. Uh, TCU. I don't know what to expect out of TCU this year. Same thing for Baylor. Um, and then uh, number fifteen Oklahoma State, and then finish it up with uh, Kansas. So I think that Tech will be bowl eligible. I think absolutely. I think they'll be a better team this year than they were a year ago. Um, I don't think they're going to set the world on fire, but I think they're going to be bowl eligible. Dude, I'm looking at some of these top 25 schedules. And Eric, we don't have a ranked matchup until week six 
And that's the week of October 10th between Tennessee and Georgia. And Florida and Texas A&M. Matchups between ranked opponents is what you're saying? Yeah, and Texas and Oklahoma. That, that's the only, I mean, that's the first week. Unless I'm missing something, that's the first week of ranked match. Oh, besides Iowa State and Oklahoma on week five. Ooh, that's at Iowa State too. Well, when you don't have as many teams playing and uh, you don't have conferences, different conferences playing each other and some of these traditional rivalries between conferences, it's going to be hard to have some of those matchups. But you know, that far into the schedule, things are going to change. Uh, I think we'll see some ranked matchups within week three, week four. Top 25 is going to look very different after these games all get played. Because some teams are going to be exposed. They're really not that good. Other teams will look better than they really are. So, yeah. It'll, it'll be different. By week four, week five, you'll see... You'll see some juicy top 25 matchups. Oh, I can't wait for those. Because, like, the first two weeks were just cupcakes everywhere. Now, granted, we say that, but then there's always one team, that one team who sneaks up and beats you when they're not supposed to, right? Georgia Southern did it to, oh, was it, was it Iowa State they actually did it to? Uh, we, never, we all remember the Appalachian State-Michigan mess in 07. And uh, in, in, in I think that same season, Rutgers were ranked, like, second in the Like, think about this for a moment. 13 years ago, this is how much the world has changed. 13 years ago, the Rutgers were ranked second in the country. What? Do you not remember? Don't you remember this mess? I don't remember Rutgers ever being ranked that high. Dude, yes. Like, here, hold on. I will show you this. I will show you this. Rutgers, South Florida, Kentucky were all in the top five at one point. This is not a joke. This is absolute real. Wow. It's yeah. like alternate universe type stuff right there. Yeah, Kentucky was eighth at one point. South Carolina beat them. Uh, yeah. Anyways, there's just a ton of uh, upsets and, and whatnot. Yeah, Rutgers were, yeah, like third in the country and then beating South Florida, I believe. Anyways, crazy stuff back in 07. So you never know. Someone might sneak up at you and bite you. Just be ready for that. Yeah, like Troy when they go to BYU. Good thing we're in that game on our station. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, but do you actually do you remember when Troy beat Missouri in 04? Troy has had some good teams in the past. Uh, who else has that? North Dakota State's done that too, right? They went to some Division One houses and beat them. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, led by Carson Wentz at one point. Yep. So it's uh, it's all very possible. Hey, what do you think of this Big Ten situation? You saw a tweet right earlier. I kind of talked about what the timeline or what they're looking at. So the pressure continues to mount from various places about the Big Ten and their decision to, to to still not play games and not have a decision on their restart for college football or other fall sports. And there's news today that their presidents and chancellors are going to be involved in a call and a meeting this weekend, and there's a chance that they could vote by Sunday about a plan to get things going. Now... How soon does that actually take place? I don't think that means they vote on Sunday and then teams start practicing on Monday, but I think that shows that there's movement towards the Big Ten actually playing games before January, and I think that it's possible that it, it could move into that, uh, that sometime in November even where games could start happening. Because I mean, teams, 
Some teams in the Big Ten have been practicing with pads. Others have been on the sidelines not doing anything. Uh, but they're, they'll have to put together some kind of a, uh, a ramp up to their regular season for conference games only, which they'll probably need six weeks to do that. Maybe if some coaches could say we could be ready within four, but uh, you know, it's possible that the Big Ten could get going sometime in, during this fall season. If the Big Ten gets going, does the Pac-12 follow suit and say let's try and get going as well? Uh, I don't know. I don't really don't know about that because I think that there are still some concerns about positivity rates in areas where Pac-12 teams are. Uh, there's still concerns about groups gathering and, and limiting how many people can be together. So I, I think that the Pac-12 is still delayed more so than the Big Ten. But if the Big Ten starts rolling and says, hey, we're... Uh, you know, we still want to do this Rose Bowl with you guys, and we still want to do some of these bowl games and have uh, an alliance here, then maybe the Pac-12 starts to consider different alternatives. But ultimately, I think the Pac-12 still just does their own thing, and maybe it's the Mountain West and the Pac-12 that are more in lockstep with each other for uh, how they're regionally located. Again, college football starts tomorrow. We'll have a uh, game Midday afternoon, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we'll have that game for you. And then uh, Sunday, we'll have some NFL. Speaking of NFL, it's time to get into our preview of the NFL and our thoughts, which includes our Friday Five Best, the top, or excuse me, the Friday Five Best storylines of the 2020-2021 NFL season. There's a lot of juicy ones. What are our five best? That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Eric France and Jay Salveson. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Full Court Press, Eric France and LJ Salveson, thanks for joining us however and wherever you are doing so from 522 your time as we wrap up a week, get you ready for the weekend full of football. So we've done our college preview, we now move to the NFL, but hey, really quickly before we do, you got to read that stat on air. What you just oh. read me. That's nuts. A little baseball. Interesting. Maybe our uh, stat that blew your mind on a Friday instead of a go. Tuesday. Uh, the Rays, the Tampa Rays, they're starting nine left-handed batters today against the Red Sox. That's the first team in the modern era since 1900 to start nine pure left-handed hitters in a game. That's a lot of lefties. That's unreal. Holy cow. If not, they lose that game and that doesn't hitters, work out. But lefties. Jeez. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, Eric, before we get to our Friday Five Best, which are the five best storylines for the upcoming NFL season, uh, they did a little update on each of the rookie quarterbacks. with so Jalen Hurts, Tua, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and uh, their Dan Graziano is really nice about Joe Burrow. Uh, he's really fair with Tua, and he's pretty kind with Justin Herbert. Then comes Jordan Love, and he grills him a really he grills him a little bit. Let me read you what Dan Graziano writes about Jordan Love from ESPN.com. Quote: No, Love is really a project, even more so than Herbert. Green Bay kept 2019 backup Tim Boyle mainly because it isn't ready to put Love in a game and should something happen to Rodgers. In an offseason in which players haven't been able to spend nearly enough time on the field, Love's a player who needs a lot more work. End quote. 
now, LaFleur, Coach Matt LaFleur, tells a story about when they're in a film session and they're just, and it's red area work and the offense is there and loves that quarterback. And Love doesn't, in the red zone, you got to make your reads quicker. Footwork's got to be a little bit different. Decision maker and decision making has got to be much quicker, much cleaner, and much better because there's less room for error. Well, in this case, Jordan Love wasn't any of those things. So they're watching film and they roll through it the first time. And then all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers stands up and just starts taking over the meeting. And he says, Hey, Jordan, here's what you need to see. And he explains all those scenes. According to Matt LaFleur, he says, What are you seeing here in the pre snap? He says, if the backer's on, on your left for the blitz, where are you going with this ball? And Aaron's talking to him about the timing, mechanics, and footwork all have to be better and all have to be different because you don't have the time to, quote-unquote, cross over. And he said, it was just really cool to watch Aaron Rodgers coach Jordan Love. And he said, what was even more cool is to see Jordan Love soaking it all in. Matt Wilford then talks about how, look, Jordan maybe isn't the best guy as the quarterback right now but that he wants to be, and he's willing to do whatever it needs to be done to be that guy. And he said it's going to take some time, sure, but he's going to get there. Uh, uh, let me let me ask this. How much of that is the Green Bay Packers just trying to double down on the decision that they made and trying to justify it? And how much of that is how much they really believe in, in Jordan Love? Well, again, we didn't have a spring OTA. You didn't have spring ball. You didn't have seven-on-sevens. You didn't have... Uh, There's joint... no rookie minicamp. Yeah, you didn't have a rookie minicamp. You didn't have joint practices. I can't emphasize enough how important those things are for every pro football player, for every pro coach, for every assistant coach, whoever in the NFL. To have those reps, to have those workouts are so imperative for a, a young man's progression of in fact, uh, Matt LaFleur continues here answering your question. Quote, I don't know how anybody could expect anything because he's not coming into a situation where he's getting the majority of reps. Aaron's getting the reps with ones and Love and Tim are kind of splitting up with the twos. He's definitely into it and he's shown improvement on a daily basis. And I think his footwork and his mechanics have come a long way. And that's the foundation for quarterback play. I think you've just got to show consistency and improvement whether you're getting the reps or not. The challenge is when you get into the season, you're not getting the reps, so how do you stay in it? You've got a lot of time you're going to have to put in after practice to get that muscle memory and make sure your mechanics stay sharp. So again, Eric, he's just using the practices to do it. He's using film session now as they get ready for week one of the NFL season. That's all he's getting this year. That's a really tough situation to go into and to expect him to be able to go out there and immediately compete for the backup job of Aaron Rodgers as a rookie who has never seen an NFL game in his life without any rookie minicamp, OTAs, or any spring ball, 7-on-7, seven seven or joint practices, is asking way over your head too much. Yeah, I think that the, especially those in Green Bay, I think they've, they've kind of tempered their frustrations from when Jordan Love was drafted in April that uh, the those who follow the NFL the big talking heads are like oh my gosh why would they choose this guy he's going to he's going to you know replace Aaron Rodgers and Aaron's going to be so mad all this stuff and it, it, they tried to make it so that they tried to position Jordan Love as this guy who's going to come in and push Aaron Rodgers out the door and that's that was never going to be the plan. We're seeing that it's not the case now. And with the way things have gone with 
as you've clearly stated, the the problems with any rookie adapting to the NFL lifestyle and the NFL pace of of trying to soak it all in is that the the Green Bay Packers believed that that Jordan Love could be a guy in the future, and they wanted to be the ones to get the dibs on him, and they wanted to be the ones to develop him within their system. He was never drafted to be the guy to push Aaron Rodgers out the door right away. He was drafted to be a guy that they could maybe turn to in two, three, four years down the road. So I, I think that all this criticism that's been coming at Jordan Love is premature. Uh, and we had Matt Schneidman on just the other day, and he said he wasn't the only one who was hypercritical of Jordan Love in the practices in, in the fall of camp that this guy is just not on par. He's not playing like an NFL quarterback. He's going to be third on the depth chart. But then they've said since then, look, he is working on things and he is improving. Uh, and consider the fact that he's only nine or 10 or 11 practices at with an NFL organization, period. It's going to take time for him to get his feet wet and to understand what it's all about. So to expect that he's going to be coming in and competing for the starting job, that's just not the situation at all. It never was planned to be the situation. Yeah. Could you imagine if Twitter was alive when Tom Brady was the backup quarterback? Third on the, no, excuse me, fifth on the depth chart when they started. Tom Brady, I know he's a sixth-round pick, 199 in the draft or whatever, but when he came in there, he looked absolutely horrible. He looked, he looked really, really bad. He had a year to be able to grow under Drew Bledsoe and a, a chance to learn made his way up the depth chart after learning and film and study. It's going to take the exact same thing for Jordan Love. So I don't know why all of a sudden changes that we can critique Jordan Love as harshly as we could critique Joe Burrow or Justin. I just hope that when Joe Burrow sucks in a game, that they're as critical and harsh on him as they would have been on Jordan Love for a practice. Yeah, it is just a practice. We have to keep that in mind. And I think that, Based on what the Packers did to get him, it's causing a lot of people kind of uh, to raise their eyebrows. And he's getting more attention than guys that were picked in the first 10 who are going to come in and try to compete to be the starters for their teams. And there's going to be more pressure on them, but more attention is on Jordan Love just because of where he's going and who's already there. Um, So that's unfair. But at the same time, Jordan is at an NFL franchise. And he was taken in the first round because they believed he had certain talents and abilities. Uh, so the question is, was he just the beneficiary of a good system and a great offensive coordinator and good talent around him uh, that made it really easy for him? Um, or is he uh, going to be a guy that can adapt and improve and, and be that guy that's going to compete for a starting job in the NFL? Yeah, it's all wait to be told, but just an interesting report on what Jordan Love has been so far. And again, it's going to take a lot of time for that guy. And it will take a lot of work, as it will for any rookie in that situation to learn. But again, we are grateful that Jordan Love gets to learn underneath Aaron Rodgers and not be the starting quarterback in Cincinnati. Yeah, that's true. Let's, let's, yeah, at least he goes into a winning culture, a franchise that knows what they're doing. They They know how to compete. They know how to make the right decisions about uh, how to prepare you know, during the week uh, and uh, what their fan base is all about. So it's he's coming into a culture that's going to set him up to be successful if he plays his cards right and he works hard and soaks it in.
which in all accounts, it looks like he is. Yeah. And he's, I mean, the guy's just there to try to learn how to play football. He's not there to go in and, and compete with Aaron Rodgers and push him out the door. He's not Aaron Rodgers 2.0. Rodgers was trying to get Brett Favre out the door. Jordan Love is not going to be pushing Brett Favre, or excuse me, uh, Aaron Rodgers out the door. He doesn't want to do that. Yeah, that's a great, that's a good way to put it. All right, Eric, let's move on to our Friday Five Best for the NFL preview. Week one gets underway this Sunday, and as you already heard, uh, a lot of good games are on tap to start off. Again, Texans fall to the Chiefs yesterday as Bill, Bill O'Brien somehow continually does his magic of turning Deshaun Watson into Trent Dilfer. That's incredible. That's talented as a coach. Good for you. All right, uh, sorry, that's just... Ranting, I, It's just incredible how bad he sucks as a coach as much as he does as a GM. No wonder Brady hated him so badly. All right, Erica, let's go to our Friday five best storylines of the 2020-2021 NFL season. What's your number? I mean, do we want to rank these or is it just how uh, do you just spit them out? Um, I've got mine one through five. Okay, then I'll if do you the, don't want to do yours no, that I, way, that's I, I fine. did. I just didn't know if we were going to that way. All right, let's go ahead. Uh, uh, number five. For me, uh, one of the, the storylines, five best storylines coming into this upcoming season, um, uh, uh, Raiders in Las Vegas. I think it's always a big storyline whenever a team moves to a new location. It doesn't happen that often. It hasn't happened in a long time. And so uh, that's going to be big, a big new fancy stadium. How well does that fan base uh, embrace them to the, their previous fans? Travel over to the new location? Are they still loyal? Um, so, uh, granted, it's going to be hard to judge this year because they're not allowing fans in their arena. But I think that is a big storyline this year. They're the Raiders moving to Las Vegas. And as a side note, somewhat connected, the Rams and Chargers also in a new stadium. Um, but uh, so, so new, two new, beautiful, state-of-the-art arenas in the NFL. It's, I think it's an interesting storyline coming into the season. Okay, for me, it's going to be Saquon Barkley. This guy's a magical running back, and he had a bad offensive line last year with bad, even worse coaching last year as well. Jason Garrett now comes in as the offensive coordinator. He's a very running back-friendly kind of guy, both in the backfield and as a swing back and as a pass catcher. Chris Johnson currently holds the mark at 2,509 yards uh, for yards as a running back. Barkley. Can he overtake Chris Johnson this year? He, he only needs 17 yard, 1,700 yards more rushing and another 800 yards receiving. Can he break that record this year and become the leading back ever in NFL history? Ooh. And, and by the way, is this his second year he'd do that? That's incredible. That is stupid. What he could do. And so you can only imagine what he's going to accomplish further in his career. I mean, I know the lifespan is, what, four to five years, give or take, if – if you're lucky as a running back, but can you do it in year number two and break those records? Yeah, well, a lot of attention with Garrett there now as their offensive coordinator. So I'm excited about that. Uh, number four on my list, uh, can the Chiefs repeat? It's really hard for any team in the NFL to win in back-to-back years. Uh, I, I think they'll be a successful team. I think they'll be exciting, but can they repeat as champions? It uh, really blows my mind just how hard it is and just how rare it is for teams to win in back-to-back years in the NFL. So can the Chiefs do that? There's a lot of expectations on them. Everybody's already calling them a dynasty when they only won one game. Dynasty implies multiple championships over multiple years, but okay, you do you. 
But uh, I think that it will be an interesting thing to see is can they repeat as champs? I'm going to take you one step further. Can the Chiefs go undefeated this year? Ooh. They looked really good last night, Eric. They looked like they were in mid-season form, which is impressive, dude. I thought Mahomes, Harry Kill, the offense looked really good. Defense was aggressive, very aggressive. Uh, their schedule looks like this. They're at the Chargers, at Ravens, home against New England, Raiders, and then at Buffalo, at Denver, New York and Carolina home, at Las Vegas, at Tampa Bay to face the uh, Buccaneers, and then home against Denver, Miami, New Orleans, Atlanta, Los Angeles cap off the schedule. Three brutal games to me in, in, in this mind. Uh, New England, even if it's at home, Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay is going to be tough because of that heat and humid, and then at New Orleans. Those are three really, really tough games. If they can get through the first two of New England and Tampa Bay, they have a legit shot of going undefeated. Hmm. Wow. Uh, it's a, certainly it's a team that's set up that's and with the schedule that oh, it yeah. is there. There's that possibility. Uh, number three for me on my uh, five best storylines for the upcoming NFL season. Uh, we've seen what the social justice and social messages and how that's impacted the NBA. Uh, the NFL got things started off last night with uh, players standing in unity. There were messages on the, the big screen. Uh, there's little uh, messages on the bottom of the helmets. Um, but will that? how will that impact the upcoming NFL season? It seems to be much more controversial to do some of those things in the NFL than it is in the NBA. Not quite as acceptable. Players didn't kneel. They stood with unity, and people were booing them in Kansas City, which just blows my mind. Uh, so I think that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. That was just one game. What happens when we get all these games on Sunday uh, with how how will players handle it? How will the NFL handle it? How will the fans handle social justice messages? That's a good one. Uh, for me, it's going to be number three, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We've talked about it at nauseam and in spades about what this team is, the expectations upon them, especially when you have Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, O.J. Howard, and Mike Evans. That is a loaded corpse offensively. Plenty of weapons for Tom Brady, even at the age of 43, that he should be able to handle. Now, Eric, here's the, here's the kicker to this all. On Sunday, Tom Brady and Drew Brees face each other. They're both over the age of 40. Uh, and I looked up the last time that two quarterbacks had faced each other over the age of 40, and now I can't dang well find it. Oh, Dan Marino and John Elway in 1998. Mm. So, Brees and Brady. Brady's Those are two good Brees is 41. You bet you it is. And with a million records that the two combined hold right now, it is going to be a great game on Sunday. You'll hear that game here on this very station, 106.9 in the fan. Uh, but what the Brady and the Bucks look like. I mean, there is going to be expectation on them, even if they're a newly minted, formed-together team. Uh, I... Yeah, and they've got an offensive coordinator who is as open-minded as possible when it comes to an offense. All the talent's there to be able to do some damage in the NFC if they want to. Anything short of the playoffs is going to be a disappointment in Tampa, in Tampa Bay, at least. Uh, that kind of leads to my number two, actually. I've labeled it Old Faces, New Places. Uh, Tom Brady, Ooh, Rob Gronkowski in Tampa. Uh, but I think I'd expand that to uh, Phillip Rivers, now in Indiana uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, Fournette on the move. Um, it's maybe not that old of a face, but also, you know, Nick Foles, Teddy Bridgewater, some of these other guys that have been around in the league for a while, they're in new new places as well, wearing different jerseys. 
So uh, just to see how these new guys fit in with these new locations, uh, are they going to be opportunities for fresh starts? Or is it just, uh, you know what, it was great what you did before, but it's just not the same anymore? All right, my number two is going to be what coaches will be on the hot seat here throughout the season and towards the end of the season. Billy O'Brien already now is on a hot seat, and it's burning pretty quickly. Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, I know that they've had some injuries that have pushed him back a little bit, but they kind of start winning some ball games and make a playoff push again, even in so to the AFC Championship or else there's going to be some murmurings over there to get rid of this guy that he may have overstayed his welcome. Also, another one, I, I believe Cincinnati's in that situation. The Jets have also got to start winning some ball games. they got to start competing in the AFC East. Uh, Baltimore, Ravens, also with John Harbaugh. Look, as good of a coach as he is. Really? You think Harbaugh's on the hot seat? If they don't perform well. Look, they had a loaded team last year. All right, extremely loaded team last year. And they still couldn't take care of the job in so much that they lose to the Tennessee Titans because they took the last three weeks off of the season. And so now, like, if they don't come out here and at least compete for a Super Bowl title, there's going to be some uh, grumblings over there in Baltimore as well. Wow, interesting. Okay, my number one, the number one story for me to watch for this upcoming NFL season, the number one storyline for the 2021 season, managing life during a pandemic, managing sports. How does the NFL continue? Uh, Will there be stops? Will there be cancellations? Which players will be quarantined? or eliminated from games, uh, and uh, how will they manage you know, the, the the game throughout the, uh, the still an ongoing pandemic? Will it be like the Major League Baseball where it looks nice at the beginning, but then some teams, some players, they don't quite follow all the, the protocols to the letter and start getting in trouble and start coming down with the virus? And uh, do, do games get canceled as a result? So uh, that's going to be the number one storyline for me is how does the NFL through the the entirety of a regular season, it's not a shortened season, it's not a compacted season, it's a regular season unlike anybody else. They're going to try to do a regular season. Can they still manage it through the pandemic? That's a good one. My number one is going to be for the NFL MVP title. There's going to be a lot of cases being made from around not just the AFC, but the NFC as well. But, of course, headlining the MVP race will be Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson won it last year. They didn't win the Super Bowl. Uh, Patrick Mahomes won it the year before. Uh, They fell short to the Patriots uh, in uh, in overtime. So how does that race now look different as players, as you said, Different faces, new or same faces, different places. Um, Tom Brady, can he still compete for an NFL MVP and become the oldest NFL MVP ever in NFL history? Drew Brees, can he do the same as well? Saquon Barkley, if he can break the rushing record, I think he's in the running for it. So a lot of different faces have a chance to to compete for this NFL MVP. I don't think it's just a two-man race, but it's going to be really interesting to see uh, who can get off to a hot start and who can be not, I mean, don't have to keep that hot start, but be at least consistent throughout the 16-game schedule. That's a good one. I think it it is a deep race uh, coming into the season for what that MVP race is going to look like. I think there's multiple candidates that it could be. I think a lot of people are just deferring to... Uh, Mahomes, and for good reasons, but man, Jackson was the MVP last year, and for good reason. Uh, Tom Brady could be setting himself up for an MVP-type season with the players he has around him. Drew Brees, he's kind of on a last-gasp opportunity to do that with his squad. I think you listed a lot of good players 
that could be in the running for MVP. So I think it could be a really deep list of 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 players that could challenge for that most valuable player in the NFL. That's a good one. Uh, again, week one will begin this Sunday. We got Tampa Bay at New Orleans on this very station uh, here presented by Compass Radio. Uh, they'll be bringing you the game. Uh, it should be a good one. I'm excited about that one. 2.25 p.m. start uh, will be the kickoff. I believe it's 2.25, Eric. 1.45. Yeah, 2.25 p.m. 1.45 pregame here on 106.9 The Fan. All right, coming up. It's time to get more local. Region 11 gets into region play. Should be an absolute dandy of a weekend with a couple of trap games I want to get to as both those teams who are in those trap games lead into a showdown next Friday night. And we'll let you know where those games are, how you can listen to these games because they will be at within region distance. Things kind of switch up just a tad bit. We'll get to that and more here on the Full Court Press. Eric France and LJ Salves. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. I say we just ditch pick six and just start going to fantasy football. <laughs> Whoever has the highest average wins. Uh, we got a big matchup between illegal <laughs> touching and Punami. You named your team illegal touching. In week one. <laughs> Let's go ahead and preview that matchup right now, Eric. Uh, when you look at illegal touching, uh, obviously uh, a lot of illegal things going on over there. But hey, hey, it's it sounds weird, but it's an official uh, rule uh, yeah. foul thing in the. Uh, in you, football. You stay with that. Please. You stick with that. I, I, I have to. Yo. I LOL literally every time it, it gets called in a game. Like, <laughs> why do you Why do you have to call it that? Illegal touching. Hey. It Just c- sounds wrong. But every been- time a referee gets on his mic, illegal touching. <laughs> You're like, that's me. Hey. That's me. We did it. Uh, so, and by the way, I'm Michael Scott's Tots if you're interested anybody. All right, nobody's interested. Great. Hey, uh, Eric, we got some good high school football coming up today. Got a rivalry, actually, to lead off the Region 11 play. It's 7 o'clock. It's going to be Green Canyon, who's going to host the Skyview Bobcats. Uh, Bear River is going to take on Ridgeline. Logan gets Mountain Crest. And is that it? Have I covered them all six goals? I did. Okay, Eric, so let's start here. Of course, the uh, matchup that everybody's just salivating over, Green Canyon and uh, Skyview. Now, here's the thing. Skyview is now coming off a very, I would say, disappointing loss to Morgan. A 16-14 loss. Green Canyon is? Yeah. Not Skyview. No, not Skyview. Sorry. Yeah, Green, Green Canyon, Canyon is, is coming, coming off, off a, a really disappointing loss to, yep. uh, to not to Skyview, to, to Morgan. Uh, what is it that with this football team that they have not been able to find their rhythm or their mojo to be able to get them going offensively? Uh, it just seems like it's inconsistent no matter how talented they are. Well, Green Canyon is, uh, has two losses in a row, actually. They yeah, lost the previous to week to Stansbury. Um, and back-to-back losses, and both games close, but uh, this Green Canyon team, there was a lot of excitement about who they were and who they had coming back and what they are going to look like. Now, I understand they have had some injuries to some key players. There's a question about with, whether or not their running back is going to be available tonight. Because um, he's been hurt, but um, certainly you know at the high school level, if you have a key player go down with injury, that really affects your team. Um, uh, but uh, there was there was a lot of high hopes 
for this Green Canyon team that a lot of guys back, a lot of key games at their place. Uh, but so far, they're kind of disappointing and where they're where we thought they'd be at this stage. Now, this is a big opportunity for them to turn things around against a very good Skyview team who's had everybody's number for the last few years. And if they can get this win, boy, it changes a lot of things through for Region 11 and the future for Green Canyon. Yeah, again, this is a must-win for Green Canyon. You're already on a little bit of a schneid. Uh, RPI speaks a lot of volumes now. And so a win over what would probably be the number one RPI team, my guess, coming out when it does come out, would be a huge statement for you as uh, in your squad. Craig Onder really needs this win for his team. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, you know, can they can they keep Skyview on their heels offensively? Yeah. Uh, and the bigger question is, can can Green Canyon def- defensively uh, keep with Skyview and slow them down? Let's go I think that the- may be the probably the bigger matchup, the Green Canyon defense versus the Skyview offense. Beverly has been pretty surprising as of late, uh, despite some injuries, they've been able to battle it out. They got a nice win over Box Elder last week. They now got to take on the daunting offense of Ridgeline. They actually host that game. Beverly will be on 104.9 The Ranch, while uh, Ridgeline will be on 104.5 FM. Uh, Clint Payne on the call for the Bears. Uh, Dave Simmons and Nick Zollinger on for Ridgeline. Eric, this game, just the way... Ridgeline has been able to put up points at a premium. I feel like this is the best defense they will have seen thus far. Uh, probably. You know, Bear River is always uh, an aggressive, hard-nosed defensive team. Uh, they've had some injuries there as well, but they're getting, getting some guys back. Uh, they're a hard-nosed team. Big momentum win last week, and uh, they're going to be feeling pretty pretty high on on where they're at, beating their their you know, Bear River Valley rival and, and Box Elder, so uh, you know Bear River's got got uh, some momentum on their side. Ridgeline, as you talked about, their offense having that game off for them, I think really helped really their helped defense because yep. their offense has still been good, but their defense was a little shaky in week one, and they've been really good in the in the following weeks, beating teams above their classification. So this is going to be a really big showdown, a great matchup between two two teams that have a little bit of momentum on their side coming into this matchup. Some might call it the Cellar Dweller match, but Logan will host Mountain Crest tonight. That game will be on 610 AM KVNU. Of course, one of the great voices ever in radio. That's going to be Al Lewis calling that game. Uh, Eric, Mountain Crest, they, they found some offense, but then they lost complete mojo of that offense last week in a shellacking loss. 42-14 to Bonneville. Logan has been a scrappy team throughout so far this season. Yes, they have lost a few games, but the effort and the, I mean, just the the willingness to not quit, to just continue to battle every single minute. I know that sounds cheesy and corny, but I don't know how to explain how this Logan team continues to hang in despite being out-talented on paper. Yeah, I think they get outmatched, um, and they probably have, uh, talent deficiencies when they face a lot of other teams, but I think you're right in that how you describe them as a really scrappy team. Uh, they give themselves chances. Um, Mountain Crest is an intriguing story too, where they they'd struggled a little bit, and then they had that outstanding game when they were up in Idaho, uh, and they really seemed to find themselves, but it didn't seem to last very long. So can they recapture that lightning in the bottle, which they were able to find? When they run up to Rexburg, and uh, and kind of give themselves a shot to uh, do what they did last year, where they struggled in the first part of the of the season, but when it came to region play, 
they're one of the more dangerous teams that they always just seem to find a way to win. Can they do that again this year? Of course, they had some things going for them last year that they don't necessarily have this year with some key players that that graduated. But this is an opportunity for other guys to step up and claim that role and take that opportunity. Um, but this is a team, both teams, Mountain Crest and Logan, that are looking for a launch pad to get them moving in the right direction because they've kind of both struggled at the early start of the season. So again, let's go through the list here. Green Canyon tonight will host Skyview. That game will be uh, on 100.9 FM starring Craig Hislop and John Russell. Bear River will uh, host Ridgeline. Bear River's call will be on 104.9 The Ranch with Clint Payne. Ridgeline call Dave Simmons, Nick Zollinger, 104.5 FM. Uh, Who else am I missing here? Logan and Mountain Crest. Again, Logan will be uh, the host of that call with Al Lewis on 610 AM, 102.1 FM, KVNU. And also uh, on 107.7 FM. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry, our other stations will host those games as well. Yep. For, forgive me. Uh, uh, not to be out, uh, left out, uh, Preston at home hosting Bonneville. Mm. Uh, Malad is at home hosting North Fremont. The Bear Lake Bears, they're on the road at Firth. And Westside hosting Marsh Valley. Uh, tonight, so uh, we got some other teams that we're going to be keeping an eye on tonight. Hey, don't forget if you want to be a part of the games, you always can be by going to Preps Pick'em Contest presented by the Logo Shop. This weekend's prize, not too shabby, one hundred dollars in Johnny O's Bud Nuts. Yeah, Yummy! Be fast, you got to get your picks in before six o'clock because the deadline is at six. Oh, you got five minutes? Just get in there and click, 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 click. CVPickem.com. Don't want to miss it. Let's take a thirty-second break. We'll come back and close it up. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and LJ Salkson, thank you so much for being a part of our show tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, Green Canyon, Skyview, Bear River, Ridgeline, and Logan and Mountain Crest. Those are your games tonight. You can go to CashValleyDaily.com to find where you can find those games or even find the streams for those games. For Eric France and Amal J. Salveson, enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. Bye.